What is going on, soccer fans? And welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, the Sacktown FC podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, John. How's it going, man? Yeah, it's going good. Um, you know, another win. Uh, win streak is still intact. Team's uh, showing some different spirit. I think that's the first time in a very long time that they've been down a man and ended up winning. So it's good to see, you know, as, as Coach would put it, the abdominal spirit that the boys have going forward. So we'll see. Yeah, well, definitely. I'm still celebrating it here myself. Uh, still can't believe what we saw last night, but hey, I'll take that any day. And I think it's going to be really motivating for the team uh, moving forward as well. Yeah, it should be. Uh, hopefully the boys can figure it out, but we'll see. So um, this podcast is powered by Reboot. Uh, Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while also creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out at Reboot.Soccer, where you can find out more ways to be part of the program and help reboot your community today. Find them online at YouCanReboot on Twitter and Instagram and online at Reboot.Soccer. So, Luis, some interesting news that came across the pipeline yesterday from us uh, in an announcement was our partnership with the National Foot Golf Association. This uh, announcement has been something that we've been talking with for a while. We've wanted to kind of put this together, and it finally comes through in, in that we will, uh, starting yesterday, we'll be part of the National Foot Golf Association uh, doing some of their media and um, social media work which should be really, really fun uh, with their first tournament being on October the 10th at Emerald Lakes in Elk Grove. Should be a fun and exciting time. Uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, uh, sign up today and man, we'll see you out on the, uh, on the links. Yeah, definitely go, go form a team. Uh, grand prize is a thousand dollars. So Go out, have fun, uh, be competitive, and you see if you can get that uh, grand as well. So please check it out, support him. Uh, folk golf is really fun. And so if you haven't actually done that before, uh, go go try it out and, and go have fun playing uh, some folk golf. So if you guys haven't seen our supporters group, uh, we invite you guys to learn more about it. It's called The Squadron, and you can actually find it on our website, on our homepage. There's actually a direct link to that. Or you can go directly to Patreon um, at patreon.com slash sacktownfc. Uh, it's our form of a supporters group again. And, and it's something that can help you have a behind-the-scenes access to Sacktown FC, to our different shows. And it, it gets you more, more closer, you know, to be able to actually be a part of interviews, of a podcast recording, uh, even ask your question directly to the person that we are actually interviewing as well. So please check that out again, patreon.com slash sacktownfc for more details. Also, we invite you to check out our website, sacktownfc.com, where you can find all of our episodes, 
you can find Soccer Pulse column. It is uh, Becca and Seth's uh, Soccer Pulse column where they write about anything going on in the soccer community as well. So please check that out. Uh, leave them a comment on one of their articles and uh, they will actually respond back to you. If you do have ideas of what you would like for them to write, uh, then please send us a message on social media and we will let them know as well. And they might actually write an article on that. So please, again, check that out, psychtownfc.com. So, Luis, last night we had, uh, we had a game. And, man, was it a game. I'm still kind of getting over that whole uh, come from behind. But, again, we, uh, we concede in the first five minutes. I can't tell you how many times this year, in the past year, two years, three years, where we've given up a goal in the first five minutes. But um, we finally got a, got a come from behind win, a man down, scoring two goals with a man down to beat Orange County two to one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I know where to start. It, it was a intense game. Uh, nothing like I've ever seen before. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen uh, the Republic uh, down a man and be able to uh, pull a comeback like that. Uh, I do have to say, you know, let, let's start with the first half. Uh, I didn't really like how the team was playing. Uh, we knew from the get-go Orange County was not going to be an easy uh, game. It was going to be uh, a bit difficult. Uh, I think shout out to our uh, Soccer Pulse columnist, Seth. I think he overall had a good game. Uh, true, he did have a, a mistake in the 29th that should have been a Cameron goal, but uh, to his luck, uh, that wasn't a goal. But um, overall, I thought that he was probably the uh, the main mortar of the team. In fact, uh, when they sub him out in the second half, I don't know about you, John, but I really noticed the team fall down. I feel like they really depend a lot on on Seth, and he really helps uh, navigate the game a lot for them. So uh, really, really critical uh, to have him on, on the pitch, but luckily they subbed him out for us. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. He wasn't, he wasn't playing to his normal, I don't think his personal expectation. Um, you know, he was injured a few weeks ago. I don't think he's quite up to speed yet. Um, this was the second, this marked the second game in a row where he's had an air that cost his team a goal or almost cost his team a goal. Luckily he, you know, turned it over deep in his own pitch and Cam couldn't do anything with it, but um, you know, he's not, Seth's not 100%. And when Seth's not 100%, um, it's definitely, you can, you can tell a little bit. Uh, and last night was one of those nights. Yeah, you could tell. And uh, I think had he probably been 100%, maybe the, the coach would have actually kept him on during the whole game. Uh, but I think before the, you know, before we scored, of course, the tie and, and all that, um, he was a big part in moving the team as much as he wasn't 100%. And I, I think that's uh, something really uh, great to see, you know, that even though he wasn't at 100%, we saw him uh, do a couple of good passes and, you know, he, you could tell he was really trying to help his team uh, get the win as well. But um, yeah, other than that, if we look at the first goal, I mean, I don't know about you, John, but big mistake by Roro. Uh, he shouldn't have left the ball right there. Uh, really, 
forcing Sargis to try and, you know, clear it out. But at that point, you know, you have a player right there next to you that is going to do what he did, that, you know, ultimately, you know, try and, and see if he could get a goal that way. And he ends up uh, getting the goal there. But I personally think uh, Roro should have cleared that ball out for a corner kick. Like, you can't just leave it there. Uh, I'd much rather see a corner kick come through than uh, being exposed to, so you know what ultimately ended up in that first goal. So uh, big mistake by him. I, I hope that he releases that and next time just clears it out. Yeah, you know, he. Uh, it was almost like he was a nonchalant pass um, that he thought was he thought Okoli was going to fall down or wasn't going to challenge, but he did. Okoli stabbed at the ball. Sargis um, did his best to clear it in a different, you know, position from what he would normally be in trying to stab at the ball to clear it uh, because of the hospital pass that was thrown his way. And uh, Okoli made the most of his opportunity and, you know, slid it home past Diaz who wasn't ready for it. So, you know, first five minutes you're down one nil. And from there, you know, the team seemed to do a better job. It's like you have to give up the, they have to give up that first goal and for in order for them to play a little better. They did create some opportunities. Ash had an opportunity a couple minutes later to, to even the match at about their 25 yards out. I uh, hit a screamer that went wide and they had chances here and there. But for the most part, you know, we're seeing the same issues over and over again with this team. They concede early. Uh, they're afraid to finish or shoot in the box. And so it's it's starting to become a trend. Now, after the game, or not after the game, but after half, it's a totally different team. You know, the, it's a team of two halves. They play really, really well the first half, but then the second half they don't show up or they, they play reserved or they don't show up for the first half or they play reserved and they play really, really well in the second half. And that's exactly what we saw again in this match. Yeah, and I feel like we've been saying that quite often uh, this season, right? And Coach even said it a couple games back, right? The team was a a team of two halves. And, you know, it could work in your favor in the situation where the team was down and they got that motivation uh, to actually, you know, change the the outcome of the match. But if you uh, come across maybe another team that might not give away those opportunities, then it might be the same team during the full match. Uh, but I, I want to go to the, you know, the 58 minute of the second half where we had a really uh, critical moment that I think when I saw it, I thought that was the game defining moment where we were just going to end up losing uh, and probably by more than one nil. And that was the red card for uh, Roro. Uh, Got to say when I first saw it, I wasn't too sure if it was or not. And of course my first uh, fan instinct is to, you know, get really angry at the ref and, (laughs) and just start questioning things. But the moment that I saw the replay and I saw it a couple of times just to make sure I saw it right. Yeah. That was a red card, uh, completely unacceptable. I I think uh, Roro knows himself too. I know we were uh, talking a little bit there on Twitter, but you can't just, you know, th- throw your leg out like that. He should just let him pass. You you can't do that. The, the only time that I see acceptable in doing maybe something like that is if you have a 1v1 opportunity. 
and that's like the last thing that you could do. And maybe you're winning and you're trying to secure that win. And so uh, you end up getting that red card. But to get a red card on your side of the pitch, unacceptable. And for it to be the way it was too, it's like we all know he could have not done that. It wasn't like he was going towards the ball. The ball was nowhere near. Um, it was just a, it was just a really late kick. And and so I hope he learns a lot from this mistake. Uh, being that he is a veteran player now, I'm kind of surprised he did that. Uh, but I, I hope he really learns from that. And I know on Twitter, I actually said this was probably one of his uh, worst games ever. Uh, I think Rebel was uh, telling me that he didn't agree so much on that. But I look at it this way. I mean, he got this red card, completely unnecessary red card. And... Then he made the mistake on that first goal. And so, uh, and then I noticed even throughout the match, you know, he had a couple of passes that, you know, weren't being completed. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know about you, John, but, uh, you know, I still, I still believe that it was really his, the worst game I've ever seen uh, from Roro with the Republic, sadly. Well, let's go back to the foul. All right. You're in you're 58th minute. Um, you're giving up possession deep in the attacking third. They're getting out quick for a counter. Jones is a very fast player. Um, had a Coley pretty much wide open one-on-one against Mahoney. Um, coach made the call to foul. Okay, whatever whatever that foul looks like. Um, a foul's a foul. Um, low, you know, Roro tweeted out, yes, let's go. I said last week, character, my intention was to finish the play. Game is cruel at times, but proud of my teammates for bailing me out. He knew, sounds like he knew he made a mistake. Um, coach asked him to foul. He did what was he, what he was asked to, um, you know, because of the counterattack was there. And you can't go down 2-0 against an Orange County team. So am I mad about the foul? No. Am I mad about the way the foul went? Yeah. Ball was clear. I mean, Jones had released. He was already making his move out. Roro came through, knocked him down. Okay, that's fine. Knock him down. But he came back through. If you watch his leg, he cuts through the player. He's still coming through. Can't do that. So, you know, um, you'll hear it here in a minute. But after the game, coach said, hey, it's going to happen in games. Uh, Good teams are playing and fouls happen. This was a very chippy game. This was one of the more chippy games we've seen. Um, people are passionate. People want to win. I won't comment on the decision about a red, but it was just a chippy game. But to be fair to our players, we didn't get involved. We got on with it and produced a great second half display. Perfect, perfect answer. Was he upset? Probably. You know, I spent some time after the game at the park still, um, you know, just chatting, hanging out with people. And at the end of the day, everybody's happy. Why? Because you got three points, will you be without Roro for a couple of games? Yeah, you, you might be suspended for you know two more, maybe maybe third uh, game because of straight red. But you know it was fun because if you think about it, when there's no fans, you hear the fun things, right? Like McCrary after the match, um, hey Roro, we won because Roro came out of the locker room um, and he he basically said, "I did you a favor." He knew, right? So it's like those little things, those little extras. Um, it's great. It's great. It's another win. It's six in a row. And we'll talk more about that here in a minute. 
Yeah, no, no, the, definitely. I mean, the, the win definitely masked his mistake. And uh, we, we never like, of course, when players make mistakes, but we understand these things happen on the pitch, situations arise and all that. Uh, and uh, best way for you to learn from a mistake is to get a win and, and to be able to reflect on that and, and not really it fall on your hands, right? Because it, it could really uh, hurt your mentality, right? If like you, you are pretty much the cause of uh, us giving away three points that could be pro- could prove to be critical at the end of the season too. And so, uh, yeah, but if we look at, at the tie, man, came in at the 79th minute, uh, Derek Formella with uh, something that I'm sure it wasn't planned for. It was just a... One of those times where you're like, all right, you know, let me do a back heel. If it goes in, great. And let me see if uh, it works. And it worked out for him. And as I said on Twitter, anytime you have one of those plays happen, there's a good chance you might actually score if it's, you know, actually going on target because uh, no goalkeeper is going to expect that. It's going to throw them off. And we saw that happen here. So um, good for him for, <laughs> for trying that, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't score unless you shoot. So he's about 20 yards, uh, had to go. And uh, Formella, who's coming in to create a screen on the goalie, take some, to take the eye line away or the sight line, um, just took a lucky bounce off of him and ended up in the back of the net. Tied the match 1-1. You could tell uh, Carlton thought it hit off, off the OC player. He was celebrating one way. Formella went the other way to celebrate. Um, hey, but in the end, the goal's a goal. Tied at 1-1. I thought the buildup was really good. Um, Jaime played a really, really good half of soccer. Uh, when he came on, he was a difference maker. If you watch his pass, he laid it off to Carlton, laid it off to Villian, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, Jaime was was instrumental in that win. And um, we'll talk more about my feelings on Jaime. But, um, yeah, he did a really good job of, of controlling the game and, got us to where we needed to get 1-1. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like he should be in the starting 11. Uh, I know we've been seeing uh, Sam come in more in that starting 11 role lately, but I think it's probably time for him to go back to the uh, bench role. Uh, not that you know it's anything bad, but I, again, as I keep saying, he really provides a lot more value, I think, for us when uh, he comes uh, on the pitch from the bench and uh, I say it's time to give BRL that opportunity to go back to starting 11 and, you know, for him to help us out more in that first half, which is, again, typically when we do need the most uh, help, especially if uh, we uh, come across a situation on Saturday or any other day. But uh, w- there's a possibility, you know, that we could be in that same situation and having a player like him could help us uh, maybe not get in that situation in the first place. And so, uh yeah, I hope we see him in the starting 11. Uh, but crazy times, though, uh, after this goal, uh, within a matter of uh, eight minutes, minute 87, we saw our podcast magic, Billion Vijev, uh, score a goal. Uh, as is typical when he comes on this podcast, he gets goals. And we saw it. Maybe didn't come right after that podcast, but hey, it came in in the next home game following the podcast. So I'll take that as podcast magic working at home. So uh, 
Parkas Magic at its finest, uh, scoring the winning goal towards the end of the game. Uh, really good shot. I think uh, Bijev really has us uh, used to these shots that he sometimes gets, and uh, he gets uh, really nice goals out of these. And and I think uh, credit to him. But before that, I think big credit to uh, back to Jaime Biarrel for that perfect assist. He gave it to him. It was it was a perfect opportunity at goal. And I really liked seeing that he had that vision to give it to him and to put him on target for that uh, game winning goal. Yeah, he, uh, he took a great, great opportunity and killed it. Um, put it off the post on the near post. We've talked about Greenwich not knowing where his posts are. Literally the orange County keeper um, at times was, you know, five yards above his 18. There was a time where Roro had the ball at midfield and the keeper was just nonchalant out, outside of his 18. And I'm just like, have a crack, have a crack. <laughs> um, and, you know, there, there's those little things. But Villian did a really good job of finishing, found the, found the near post, hit it off the post, and in. Again, started because Villarreal, who – should have taken the initial shot. Uh, ben Gumper and I were sitting next to each other, and we're both looking at each other like, why is he not shooting the ball? <laughs> and then he passed it off, and Ben and I looked at each other like, oh, that's why he passed the ball or didn't take the shot. He had Villian open. Villian had a – it was a great, great opportunity to put it in the side side netting in, uh, or side of the – off the post, near post, and in. So 2-1, and that's uh, the wrap of that game. So that was, that was good. Yeah, and w- one last thing, I guess uh, I- I'm being a little picky here, whatnot, but watching it on TV, you know, we have that advantage of uh, seeing the uh, the time clock, especially after the 90th minute and being able to see if uh, ref actually gives the right time. And for some odd reason, the ref was giving uh, almost two more minutes than the additional five minutes. And I know coach was a little bit uh, furious at the end. And so was I as well, because... I don't know why the ref decided to do that. I didn't see any time wasting going on. But, you know, had we actually gone tied, that would, that would, have, been, that would have been really bad because you, you don't give almost two minutes of extra time. But <laughs> um, fortunately, nothing happened. And fortunately, we uh, get this win. And, uh, you know, we are really motivated for Saturday. Uh, I think it's it's awesome to get a win against the uh, Orange County team that, as we always said, they're always complicated. They always, you know, give us a good match, especially at home. Uh, I, I know if we look back at, at previous games that we've had against them at home, we always had a really hard time. In fact, I, I don't even really remember when the last time uh, was that we actually beat them at home. I know um, we've beaten them at Orange County a couple of times, but it's just a, a bit more tougher at home. So. Great to see that. Great win. Great three points. And uh, time to look forward to the Saturday. Um, but before we look forward to the Saturday, uh, let's uh, hear a little bit of what uh, Coach had to say, uh, Jordan McCrary, and also uh, Carlton had to say about this match. Obviously, to have a comeback like that, be up against the wall uh, with 10 men and play some of the football that we played. Uh, move the ball at the speed that we did, create opportunities, um, and then to obviously come up with two big goals. 
Uh, you just have to credit the the players, the players' attitude, the players' mentality, and the culture of the group. Um, it's almost as if they said, "We're down. Decisions are going against us. Like, let's get together. Let's we can still do this." Which is pleasing to see against one of the better teams in the league. That sometimes, sometimes that's going to happen in games when you know when good teams are playing and fouls happen. People are passionate. People want to win. And you know, I I won't comment on the decision about uh, the red card. Um, but it, it was just a it was just a chippy game. Um, but to be fair to our players, we didn't get involved. We we got on with it. Um, and produced a, a great second half display. Um, as y'all saw tonight, I mean, it was one of those games where we just really had to grind it out. Um, starting off early in the game, we were really trying to get after it, but they were pressing kind of hard, and we're lucky to get a little toe poke on our mistake. But um, we're pretty resilient today, and it showed the way we came back. It was tough losing Roro on a call like that. It is what it is. Can't blame the ref. It's just how the game goes. But we, once again, indomitable. We fought back. We kept playing, kept our heads strong, stayed solid, and kept pushing. And we ended up coming back, making it 2-1. And, I mean, storyline kind of says it all. This team really puts their effort out there and gives it every time. You know, things kind of started off rough in the first half, you know, going down a goal. You know, uh, I think we I think we started somewhat on the strong foot there, and we're unlucky to give up one uh Early, you know, we, we were able to create opportunities and uh, continue to plug away and, uh, you know, made some changes at half and, you know, came back out and, and really dug in. And I think uh, it, it definitely showed what type of team we are to to go down a man and, and grab two goals after that, to dig deep and, and come together and fight out and, and grind out the three points against a good team. So um, all in all, a good night, you know, we're just going to look towards Saturday and on another big game against Reno. So. So I definitely agree with uh, Carlton uh, in saying, you know, that this uh, match really showed what kind of team they are. And it really did. I mean, being down a man is no easy task if you're, especially if you're losing, to get a comeback like that. I, I think this is going to hold uh, precedence in the team. Anytime we're in this situation, they'll be able to look back at this and have that motivation, especially if uh, this happens during halftime. And so, uh, really great to see the team in different situations, especially in that situation where um, you're down a man because these things happen. If we're in another match like this, could even happen in the playoffs. We're going to have tough matchups. And if this happens again, I think we are going to be uh, a little bit more confident that this team is going to be able to pull through and possibly get the win as well. So uh, really great what you're saying there. And also, Coach, uh, I, I really uh, like that attitude that, you know, he, he said about the team having that, you know, let's get together. We can still do this attitude. And uh, we saw that. We saw it reflected. Uh, I don't know exactly what he told the team during have time, but uh, whatever his exact words were, they must have been really uh, motivating to the team that, again, we were down Roro and the team was still pushing through and still playing as if, you know, we're still 11v11. Uh, 11 11. And so uh, that was great. I also enjoyed the part where he talked about uh, uh, showing that that indomitable spirit, you know, being that we are the indomitable city. And it's true. I, I said it on Twitter too. This, this game was basically the definition of indomitable. 
because when you're down a man and you get a comeback win, that is something really amazing to do. And I do want to make a note. So I did get I did get a little razzed yesterday from Evan Ream. Uh, EvanReem.com has a good game report too if you guys want to read more about the game. But he was giving me a, a bad time at the beginning of the game because I actually did the old school notes. I did not take my computer with me uh, because they're, uh, the ash itself, I didn't want to get it into the keyboard and potentially ruin my computer or create more of a problem. So in his article, he says, he shows a picture of halftime with his keyboard, essentially covered in ash, and says, this was my keyboard at halftime. Jonathan Ward of Sacktown FC literally took notes on paper because he didn't want to get his computer dirty. It's not that I didn't want to get it dirty, Evan. I just didn't want to mess it up and have to clean it. I told you that. Just keep that in note. So, um, you know, back to the match. Sorry, I had to, I had to, I had to, <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to fix myself there. <laughs> How about we uh, gave our uh, McCooney man of the match, John? And uh, I'll, I'll have you start this time since uh, I know I answered uh, first last. My McCooney man of the match definitely was Jaime. Um, you know, he came on as a sub. And he requested more from uh, himself after um, the water break, coming back from the water break. And he's, he's telling coaches what he wants, right? He's, he's wanting to take more of a role. After the water break, look what happens. He sets up the goal for, uh, for Formella by the assist of, uh, from the assist of Carlton, took the shot outside the 18, played it back to him. And then also for the second goal, could have taken the shot, could have used his angle, but gave an opportunity to uh, Villian, who had a better, clearer shot apparently, to finish it off. So um, Jaime is my Makuni man of the match. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, w- I would say the same, but just to give a, a unique <laughs> player of the match myself, uh, Podcast Magic, Abijev. I mean, we've seen it this season. A lot of times, a lot of players, you know, want to take a shot and hasn't been on target. And they've tried, and we've still had more shots that haven't been on target. And for him to actually take this shot and for it to go on target is is really amazing, really great. And uh, especially in the situation where you're down a man. Uh, some people were even asking anyone to it. I think uh, Evan was one of those... Uh, we were talking about it on Twitter there, but uh, some people were asking that the team maybe should have like pulled back, maybe start defending that tie, not risk as much, but the team still decided to do that and still try to get the win. And the fact that he still decided to just shoot it there, he could have, you know, maybe try to do a different player, do something else, but he took his chance, shot it, perfect shot right in the corner right where the goalkeeper wouldn't have gotten it because of how he was positioned. And so for that reason, because of the fact that he gave us the 2-1 and he helped me actually get the uh, prediction right, uh, shout out to the team also for putting my prediction a second time on a match on uh, the actual broadcast. And uh, for me actually getting it right this time, it, it was really great. And uh, also shout out to the team for... Uh, gave me a, a price pack for getting it right as well. So I really appreciate that. And it uh, really feels great to, to get that as well. And so 
again, it, it was the uh, last thing that we needed in this game was a, a win. Uh, I was already pretty happy getting the tie, being that we had one uh, list man, but uh, BJ pulled through and gave us those three points and uh, continued the legacy of podcast magic as we know it. So, Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Villian did a really good job. Stayed composed. Yes, he, he had some mistakes he had made. And then towards the end, instead of taking the ball to the corner, he's still trying to score. Take the ball to the corner. Get to the flag and hold or possess, especially in late 90 minutes. Um, but then he ended up getting subbed off. So, but before that, su- before being subbed off, take the ball to the corner. You know, you've, you've played enough time around the world, you've played in Germany. You've, you know, you have that experience. You know firsthand when you're in that 90th minute, and you've got a 2-1 lead or any kind of lead, get the ball to the corner. Take it over there. Make them, you know, jar it away from you and go from there. But, yeah, no. Uh, next match, Saturday at home, Reno, 730, My58, Estrella TV, and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, just take a point. A point seals you the playoffs. That's it. That's all you need. A win, even better. <laughs> Why? Because a win gives you the head-to-head. So if you go even on points, you take first in the group. That means you either A, play Los Dos or Orange County again at home, and you potentially avoid Phoenix. I don't know if I want to play Phoenix in the playoffs. Phoenix is mad. They're not playing Phoenix soccer right now. Get to the playoffs, it might be that they actually show up like the regular season Phoenix that's been there the last few years, but can't you know get to the to the final. So I don't want to play Phoenix right now, um, and we'll see. Frank Lopez should be available, so his signing should go through. He doesn't have to go through quarantine. Um, at least that's what we've been told with uh, the staff for the Republic. So he would be an option to play on Saturday. Now, one thing I do want to bring up, and this is going to be, this might make people upset. I think Cam starting needs to be no more, no more talk of that. I think Cam needs to start on the bench. You know, he got pulled off at halftime. He had an opportunity, didn't finish um, a, a chance that a striker should finish. And, watching his mannerisms on the bench um, during that match after he came off at half, it was like he was pouting. So I hope, I hope this is uh, something that he can come back from and be a, an important cog and, and help get us in the right direction. Once we, once we get to that position and can come off the bench and provide a spark, but going forward, I think your best option is, is Formella up front or Carlton. Um, even Lopez, depending on what Lopez brings, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, I agree with you too. Uh, if if people get get mad at that, I mean, it's just our observations on what we've seen. But Cameron, true, he got to that fifty-first goal, but even then, I think we haven't seen the Cameron that we've seen in previous years, and I think the the old Cameron would have probably scored that chance he had in the 29th after uh, Seth actually did a mistake there which he was about to give us a really good gift and game A would have been uh, shaped up differently but uh, after you miss that you can't 
not think you're going to be in the bench. And I think it's probably good for him because it's going to show him that his position is not guaranteed because previously, yeah, when you had Belmar that was down injured, he was there. There wasn't that much to work with. But now that we have this new signing with uh, Frank Lopez, he's starting to see that there's more competition coming his way. And if he maybe doesn't get his uh, uh, level back to where he used to be at, then he's going to have to be in the bench for, for a while. And so I think it's good. It's a good uh, signing. Uh, Frank Lopez has uh, played with the Cuba youth national teams as well. And uh, that's really great. Cuba, true, you know, they haven't qualified for a World Cup, but they tend to have really competitive athletes. And even in their national team too, we've seen them uh, actually have uh, some uh, good performances in the Gold Cup itself. They have had those uh, good performances. And so it says a lot about him, uh, just the fact that, you know, he's been with a national team. And true, yeah, it's, it's a youth national team, but that says a lot. And if the Cuba rules weren't the way they are with the senior national team about uh, foreign players maybe not being called up, I think he probably would be called up if, you know, he already went through uh, the youth levels. But other than that, I mean, uh, Frank Lopez uh, started with LA Galaxy too. Uh, he scored 19 goals in 42 games, which is not too bad. Uh, true, you know, that he's tr- he was just starting out with them. And so, uh, understandably, you know, he, he just had those 19 goals. But he did go out on a loan with San Antonio FC uh, in 2019. He got eight goals out of 14 matches. Really decent for a striker. And so, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he brings to the team. And... Uh, True, he was just uh, loaned out from OKC. So there may be a reason why they loaned him out. Maybe uh, they just wanted him to get some uh, more playing time. But we'll have to see if he's available for the match on Saturday, which I know you said he is available, if I'm not mistaken. And so if that is the case, then I I say put him in the bench and give him an opportunity to be subbed in. I mean, he's 48%. Um, you know, so essentially a goal every other game is what Lopez brings to the table right now, um, which is great. Uh, it creates a selection problem because you have Lopez in Andrew's not too far back from coming, uh, back from his ankle issue should be, should be ready to go here in a week or two, maybe even this weekend, who knows? But a coach is going to have some selection um, opportunities to to get some veterans in there. Perfect timing for the playoff run, um, and we'll see. I mean, you you bring in players that you think are going to provide quality. I don't think you bring players on loan that you're going to have to sit on the bench. You're going to bring players from uh, on loan from other teams because you think that they can bring something to the table and play or fit a need. Um, so that's telling you something. You don't, you know, so goalkeeper, we knew there was a need there. Uh, We've discussed that there, you know, we potentially needed a defender, but Ash has done a really good job in his growth and his uh, ability to play that left back position or that left back wing back. And it comes down to, you now need a forward. You're having problems scoring goals. Lopez, uh, his rate is essentially a goal every other game. 
great. There, that's hopefully going to solve that. He'll come in and he'll provide something new. Whether it, again, it's a different look in training, a different look in practice. But uh, Lopez definitely brings something that this team needs right now. So we'll see. Yeah, and then just to quote uh, what Todd Donovan said, uh, you know, he, he said that what stood out to them was that he is a defender's nightmare to play against. He never stops working and will run through a brick wall for the team. And that's basically what I think any fan would ask for, right? A player that is going to give his all for the club, is going to, like you know, he says, run through a brick wall, that, that, that is going to be a hard worker. And especially being a forward, we want someone that is going to try and score at any opportunity they have and take advantage of those one-on-ones, which aren't always uh, a thing in every single match. And so I'm looking forward to, to seeing, you know, what, what difference he brings to the team. And again, if he has to bench Cameron for the rest of the season, then, I mean, that that, that is how the game works. You know, if you score the goals and you're a forward, then you're going to be in the starting 11. And so it's going to create an interesting uh, dynamic between our forwards. And it's always good to have that uh, internal competition. It really helps uh, motivate each and every uh, one of the players as well. Yep. So we'll see again, Saturday, just need a point. Give me give a point, get to the playoffs. Um, very jubilant, you know, post game yesterday with, uh, with the staff. They were excited. They're ready to, to play Reno. I think they're, they're looking forward to it. Well, here comes Reno, you know, Reno's had the hot hand. They, they demolished timbers who we can't really seem to, to do that too. And they, they're going to want to win just as much as we do. Uh, and they've, you know, they've had some good results lately. They've beat Phoenix. They've, uh, they've beaten, um, they've beaten Timbers. I mean, who hasn't? Well, wait, Timbers beat Tacoma and they've done their job. So hopefully we can do our job, continue to win, put some pressure on Reno to continue to win as well. Uh, I'd say two of the hottest teams in the Western Conference right now, Reno and Sacramento, uh, going head-to-head for essentially the right to be first place in Group A on Saturday. So 7.30 kickoff at Papa Murphy's. Make sure you're tuned in, ready to go. The team will have a Zoom party for that. Uh, so, yeah, just be ready. You know, I know you you said you wanted one point. I think we're already qualified. Uh, I'm I'm willing to say we're already qualified to the playoffs. I, I know that you could probably still do the math and maybe Tacoma could still have a You're not there mathematically. Percentage. Not there <laughs> mathematically. When you when it's when it's mathematically done, you've clinched. But <laughs> soccer is a is an is a weird mistress, man. You don't want to mess with that. It's like two goal leads are the hardest leads in soccer. Well, if you have a chance to clinch, you you don't speak of the playoffs until you clinch and you make sure you get that point regardless of, of anything else. So yes, <laughs> mathematically it may seem like they are in, but until you see that asterisk or P or whatever it is, they, they will put as a, <laughs> as a mark next to their, their standing. We have not made the playoffs yet. I want to physically see something that says we're there. Uh, unless uh, Timbers 2 beats them again. Well, actually, they play against them again uh, uh, on Saturday. So if Timbers 2 beats them, or if they tie, right, uh, then I guess, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll be able to <laughs> officially uh, say that as well. But 
we're in a good position in the standings. So I guess moving forward to, I mean, I said it before, we need, just need to get as many points. If we end up in second place, then that's all for the best uh, against uh, whoever we have to play against. But yeah, at this point, I think it might actually be you get first place, you play LA Galaxy 2 or Orange County. I don't see Phoenix dropping out of that second place, being that they're five points ahead. And I think we are going to be the cause uh, for Orange County having to be second place rather than first place. I'm pretty sure we're going to be the, the main reason why. Or they're going to look back at this match and uh, regret that they let go of first place because of this. So, again, we could potentially play against them. And I hope that they have that motivation because true, those those beat us. But I think if we play against them in the playoffs, it's going to be a completely different match than we saw uh, firsthand. And same with Orange County. We already played against them here. Uh, we already know how they play. And so our best bet, like you were saying earlier, John, is to get that first place spot. And it's going to be really critical to beat Reno in these next two games because if you don't get the three points in these next two games against Reno, uh, it's it's going to be really hard to, to see them let go of uh, points against uh, Tacoma or even T2, even though... Uh, T2 already has that motivation of getting the first win. So uh, really critical games, and uh, they need to play him as if uh, we're playing conference finals. So we'll see. Uh, again, Saturday, Reno comes to town. Just get a point. Just get a point, if not a win. Don't don't leave with – or don't let them leave with taking all three. You got to play tough. Play the same physical game you just played against Orange County. And, um, yeah, change up. Obviously, there's going to be a change in the midfield with uh, Roro potentially being suspended, which will carry over. But uh, we'll see. We are now on Twitch. You could check us out on Twitch at SacktownFC as the tag. But you could also check us out individually on uh, the gaming world. You can find Luis on Xbox at SacktownFC, where he's playing FIFA 20 and Fortnite. Soon to be FIFA 21, maybe. Who knows? Um, And then on PlayStation 4, you can find me at Sacktown underscore FC playing FIFA 20 um, and the new 2K21 PGA or PGA 2K21 Golf. Um, That is my new go-to game. I have stopped playing FIFA because um, I'm undefeated and nobody would challenge me. So I stopped with the FIFA. I'm now in the golf world. So check us out on Twitch or on our gamer tags, Xbox, Sacktown FC, PS4, Sacktown underscore FC um, for a challenge today in either FIFA or the lovely PGA golf game. Yeah, they really left you unbeaten, right? I feel like uh, that was a big accomplishment, right? Everyone was too scared to to play against you, but... I'm just going to ride off in the sunset and play my golf, man. That's it. Give me some birdies, some eagles, and some albatross. We're good. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, actually, FIFA 21 comes out October 6th, uh, 2020, um, this year. And just well, less than a month now as of uh, this recording. And uh, I am not going to get it first month. I never get it when it comes out. Um, I'll always wait until the Thanksgiving specials where uh, – I can actually get it for half the price, and uh, that's just a hint. If you buy your, if you buy it when it comes out, uh, 
wait about a month after to you know you get the Thanksgiving specials and uh, order it online. It's gonna be more than half off or probably at least half off. And uh, yeah, you just won't play it the first month, but it's okay anyway because not that many people play online the first month, so it works out great. So that's all we have for today's episode. Uh, again, special thanks to all the community that supports us, that listens to our podcast each week, and also watches our online shows, uh, Our Cup of Tea, Pasión Mekis, Sacramento Soccer Show. Thank you for watching all those. Thank you for uh, leaving your comments and all that. Uh, as we usually say, we started this podcast as a hobby to give people more coverage about soccer in Sacramento with the Republic, with the California storm. But over time, this has grown for us to talk about anything going on in soccer, as you guys could tell with our online shows as well. And of course we couldn't have done it without the amazing support from each and every one of you. And to that, we say thank you very much. Be on the lookout on Sunday night for our next podcast in which we will be giving our reactions to the game against Reno uh, and also the press conference after that match and hopefully it's a win so be on the lookout again Sunday night we'll be having that as well have a great day have a great night cheers everybody